Good morning, Grace Church. Buenos dias. What is good, Grace Church? Amen, amen. It's good to be here with you. It's been a while. Oh, there's people up there. Nice. Hey, guys. Um, what an honor and what a joy it is to, to be here. Um, when Pastor Aaron reached out, God already had uh, this message working in my spirit and in my heart. And um, I told him, yeah, absolutely, I would love to be there. And then when I look to see what um, God is speaking to Grace Church this month, I see the theme of peace. And I said, oh, snap. <laughs> That's exactly what God has been ministering to me and in, in my heart for this season. And so we're going to dig a little deeper into that. As, as it relates to my experience and my journey, specifically this year, 2019. Are you excited for a new year? Yeah? Amen. Amen. And uh, before I uh, go into the verse that I want to use as a foundation of where I believe God wants to speak to us, I just want to acknowledge my beautiful bride of 23 years, Debbie, is here. I like to acknowledge that because I, um, I travel quite a bit and she doesn't always have uh, the opportunity to be with me. And so I always get excited when it's like we're in a little date. <laughs> well, afterwards. My focus is going to come out of the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah chapter 26. And it's a small verse, verse 3, that I believe has a lot of power in it. And it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Small but powerful, powerful verse. Have you ever lost your keys or um, lost your wallet or one of your children? Um, or like my wife likes to say, she doesn't lose things, she misplaces them. It's a good one, because she ends up finding it, right? It's nerve-wracking. And don't you love the people that said, well, where did you leave it last? Um, that's the problem. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's gone missing. And I believe that um, God wants to speak to us today about missing peace. Missing peace. Just when you thought we were done with talking about peace, here we go again. And I think God really wants to speak to us about this if it seems repetitive. Because uh, a scholar once said that when God repeats himself, we should listen. And I believe that when we can acknowledge that we truly are missing peace, that we truly are uh, struggling with this term peace, I think once we acknowledge that we will be in a place where we can experience what Jesus offers us, which is perfect peace. Henry L. Miller once said, objects are lost because people look where they are not instead of where they are. Thank you, Captain Obvious, right? Objects are lost because people look at where they're not instead of where they are. Well, 
Peace is one of those things that we in our human nature will seek out in people, places, and things. We tend to go and navigate through this world and this life trying to fill voids, trying to find that missing peace in places that, honestly, it's the opposite of what Jesus offers. See, Jesus says, I give you perfect peace. And these things that we try to find the peace in, obviously, are the opposite, which is imperfect peace. It is the vulnerability that we need to admit that we seek it in people, in things, in places, and admit once and for all that we truly are missing peace. We're seeking it. We're, we're looking for it. We're, we're desperate for it. We may not uh, show it physically. We may not show it, but our bodies are even breaking down because we're anxious. Did you know that these things, which I'm so glad Tom prayed for, are serious things with uh, mental health today, especially uh, with us believers, Christians that follow Jesus Christ, we, we struggle. Depression, did you know that depression focuses on the past and anxiety focuses on the future? And so it doesn't allow us to enjoy the present. And that's where a lot of the issues come into play when we experience this missing peace. We're, we're struggling with letting go of things that have happened or may not have happened. And we're struggling to try to reconcile how is it going to look like? What is it going to look like? How is it going to uh, come to pass? And so we're constantly being pulled emotionally, mentally, and we're drained. And we're, we're seeking this thing that only Jesus can provide. Only Jesus can give us this perfect peace. That is what the prophet Isaiah is telling us. He says he will keep you in perfect peace. Not only does he offer it, but he promises to keep us in it. He promises us to be able to dwell in it, to live in it, if you will. The prophet Isaiah also says in chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, which we may have heard during this Christmas season, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. It's not about the Democratic agenda. It's not about the Republican agenda. It's about the Lamb's agenda. He has promised to keep us in perfect peace. And he can offer it because he is the Prince of Peace. He commands the storms to calm down. And they respond because he is the Prince of Peace. He has the authority given by God because he is the Prince of Peace. That is the peace that he offers us today if we are willing to simply receive it. You know, a gift really has no meaning or value if we don't receive it. Many of us perhaps received gifts this week, hopefully. Don't look around, don't look around. 
And that gift is only valuable if you open it and you look at it and you go, <gasps> even if you don't like that ugly sweater or socks that you got again, a pair of socks. Those gifts, they're not given anymore, right? That's old school. Every year, the same pair of socks. Anyway, that's just. But Jesus says, I not only will give you perfect peace, but I will keep you in perfect peace. And I want you to, if you have a Bible, whether it's digital or, or, or old school paper, I, I want you to just put a thumb or some kind of marker in Matthew chapter 14. Because we're going to be uh, talking about a story that's very um, familiar there as we reference and break down what it is God is telling us today about this missing piece that we are so eagerly trying to replace and fill. See, there are three questions that I want to ask this morning as we try to reconcile this missing piece that we are seeking. And maybe you're saying, you know, I, I really don't struggle. I, I'm, I'm okay. I have peace. I have a uh, uh, a great family, I have a career, or I've, I've retired, so I, I've done well, and I thank God for that. Maybe you're okay. So I, I want you to just bear with me as I break this down so that if you are okay, that you are able to help someone that may not be okay. Because if truth be told, most of us in this area of peace are not okay. It's a peace, P-I-E-C-E. That's missing. So the first question that I want to ask is, what is this promise? What is this promise that Jesus is talking about? Well, it's perfect peace, just like Isaiah says it. His perfect peace implies that there is an existence of imperfect peace, as I mentioned. Peace that comes incomplete or may not sustain us for what we need it for. What good is peace if it comes and goes? See, we get used to that type of peace because we'll sit down at the end of a long day or maybe we've had a bad day, we've had issues, we've had uh, circumstances that were not so well and we sit down at the end of the day and whatever you do to unwind, you do that and you go, ah. And for that moment, you feel some type of peace. For that moment, you feel some type of relief, comfort, if you will. Or maybe it's a vice. Maybe it's something that we go to to help us feel that way. But the reality is that it's temporary. The reality is that that will not sustain us. Jesus is offering us perfect peace, and this perfect peace sustains us. See, his perfect peace is a state of being. It is a place where we go to sit and live in it. It's the presence of the Lord. It is not something we stumble into. It is not something we find along the way. It is in the person of Jesus Christ. We receive it by faith. We go to him for it. There is nothing you and I can do to earn it. There is nothing you and I can do to obtain it. All we have to do is say, I need it. And he offers it to us freely so that we can live in his perfect peace as a state of being. Matthew 14 tells us the story where 
the disciples, Jesus had uh, gone apart as he often did to, to pray and to, uh, I feel, to kind of decompress. And the disciples, he tells them to go uh, on the other side, crossing the lake, and they're, at, they're on their boat. And it's three, about 3 a.m., the Bible says, and they're dealing with strong winds, storm-like winds. And the Bible says that Jesus appears to them walking on water. Now, I don't know about you, but that would freak me out. I'm just being honest. It's like, whoa. And here comes Jesus walking on water, and the disciples see this, and they get scared. Now, the Bible starts to tell the story that they're dealing with the winds, they're dealing with the storms, and it doesn't say that they were scared. But the minute they see Jesus walking on water, it says they were terrified. That's interesting. They were not at peace. They were troubled. Their hearts were troubled. Jesus is walking on water while they're battling the waves. Jesus is is supernaturally being manifested while they're dealing with the natural. Doesn't it sound like some days that we have to deal with? Where God is orchestrating what he does perfectly because he's sovereign, he's gracious, he's good, he's a good, good father. While we are here on earth dealing with hot messes, as I like to call them. Dealing with stuff. Dealing with people that we may not like. Dealing with circumstances. Dealing with health issues. Dealing with children that we're trying to figure out where where did it go wrong. Dealing with issues of career choice and non-sustainable employment. The natural things that we have to deal with while Jesus is walking on water. But his perfect peace is a state of mind. And also his perfect peace comes only from the prince of peace. And this is important to note because when Jesus is walking on water and the disciples see see him, he tells them, take courage. I am here. Now, if you slow that sentence down... You'll notice that when he says, take courage, he says, I am here. If you remember the Old Testament, when God showed, uh, showed up to Moses and called him out to be the deliverer of his people, he said, well, what do I tell them your name is? He says, tell them, I am sent you. And here, in the midst of this storm, Jesus is telling them, I am here. Jesus also says in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because he knows that we get troubled. He knows that we have fears that we don't like to confess, that we don't like to share with people. That if we're really, really honest, there's a lot of things that have captured our hearts and that have paralyzed us from believing truly what Jesus is promising. That's why I feel that God is speaking to us this month. And I say us because I I sat down and listened to all of Pastor Aaron's sermons this month. Because 
this is what God is speaking to my heart. He's saying, son, do you really, really appreciate my peace? Do you really believe that my perfect peace is available to you? Do you even believe that it exists? That there is such a thing as perfect peace? This is what God has been speaking to me personally. And as I've been uh, digging into this topic and listening to Pastor Aaron, and, and, and I said, God, help me receive that peace. Help me not be troubled. Help me not to be afraid because the winds are blowing and it gets hard out here. Jesus, when he offers his perfect peace, it's a state of being. It only comes from him because he is the prince of peace. But his peace is not void of negative circumstances. Just because we're going through a tough situation doesn't mean that we can't experience his perfect peace. Perfect peace does not equal to perfect situations. If there's any promise that Jesus has made, it's this one. In John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. That's a promise. But then there's another promise he adds to that same verse. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. The NIV says trouble. It's a promise. There's no way to avoid it. In this world, we're going to deal with trouble. We're going to deal with tribulation. We're going to deal with hardships. But then he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I am so thankful and grateful that I don't have to try to overcome the world. I am so thankful that I don't have to try to do all these things and be a hero and be a savior. When I have a savior and his name is Jesus, he died for me on the cross. He rose again on the third day. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And today I can pray and ask him to help me live in this state of being of perfect peace because he paid the price. All I have to do is receive it. His perfect peace is for all of us today. That's my second question. Who is this promise for? Well, specifically, if we really, really read the scripture the way it's laid out, Isaiah says it's actually for those that trust in him. Now, this is where I've had an issue. I've been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for nearly 25 years. I started when I was negative two. And it dawned on me this year, it dawned on me. You know, going through some hardships, going through some struggles, going through some real life stuff. And it dawned on me, I had to admit to myself and to the Lord that I didn't trust him. Like, what? You're, but you're a preacher, you're a pastor, you're... At the end of the day, as I lived my life, as I made the decisions that I've made, as I went about my life, the bottom line is my actions did not match a person that was trusting fully in God. 
My actions did not match a person that was experiencing perfect peace. And the hardest part was to admit it. The hardest part was to look at myself in the mirror and say, you really don't trust God. You don't. If you trusted God, you would not doubt. Now, we have times where we waver. John the Baptist had his moments. Peter had his moments. But I'm, I'm speaking about truly, truly digging your boots in the ground, so to speak, and to, to really say, you know what? Yes, this is difficult. This is hard. It's tough to swallow. But at the end of the day, I trust you, God. I was struggling with that. And I want to be transparent with you because I think that if we are real, we would ask this question and be honest with ourselves. Do I really trust God? Well, this promise, first of all, is for all who trust in him. If you trust in him, this promise is for you. When we trust in him, we are not easily shaken. In verse 28 of Matthew 14, when uh, the disciples are on the boat, Jesus is on the water. I mean, picture this, like, with the sound effects. I, I'm very visual. I, I, I like movies. And so, I mean, I know we have Star Wars and all that. But, but picture this. And Jesus, is on, I don't know how he, I don't know if he was going like this. I don't know if he was like this. I, I don't know. But I, I, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning. These guys are, are probably like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And the wind and this. And in this moment, Peter asked Jesus, Lord, if it's really you, mind you, the night before, before Jesus went out to pray and sent them to, to cross the lake, they had just experienced feeding 5,000 people with, what was it, two, two slices of bread? What was it? And how many fish? I mean, that blows my mind. Just that alone that you keep here, here, here. I don't know where it's coming from, but here, here. Keep coming, keep coming. And they had 12 baskets full, overflowing. They had just experienced this the night before. And here is Jesus walking on water. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's really you. I mean, if we're honest, how many times do we do that? Where we know that God has been good and faithful and he has come on our behalf and, and fought for us over and over and time again. And yet we still wonder, Jesus, are you really in this? Jesus, are you really making a way? Jesus, is it really you? See, when we trust, it's a belief in the reliability, the truth, and the ability or strength of Jesus. We're, we're saying we trust you no matter what, God. No matter what it looks like, no matter what uh, theological issues I have, no matter what philosophical issues I have, no matter what I'm feeling physically, I trust you. Because when we trust in him, we are rooted in him. And to be rooted is to be planted. 
And if we are planted, there's a principle of reaping and sowing or sowing and reaping where if we have Jesus planted in us, we will bear fruit of who he is. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the descriptions of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. And Jesus said in John 15, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit, much fruit. Oh, and by the way, because apart from me, you can do nada, cero. And how many times do we feel like we have it all figured out. How many times do we uh, feel, feel like we have the network and we have, uh, I was just sharing with my wife because we, you know, th there's been different opportunities that have been laid out to us to serve and, and, and to, uh, you know, have business and things of that nature. And there's been times where because I didn't trust fully in God, those opportunities were missed. Because I thought that I could depend on my network and the people that I knew and that person was going to hook me up and I was going to have an open door and God is saying, wait, wait, a, wait a minute, hello, what about, I, I'm the one that's doing all this for you. And I'm, because we don't trust. And so God is saying and reminding us through the prophet Isaiah that he will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him. And the question that remains is, how do I do this? Well, not only does he give us perfect peace when we trust in him, but he also gives us perfect peace when our thoughts are fixed on him. So how do we do this? We have to fix our thoughts on him. We sang a song earlier. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Same concept, fix, look, focus towards him. Why? Because he is the prince of peace and he is the only one that can give us perfect peace. There are things that we can experience in life that will give us peace. And those things may be looked at as resources, but God remains the source. We cannot bring God down and make him a resource when in fact he is source. He'll use things like family time. It'll be a resource for us to experience peace. He'll use things like fellowship. It's a resource that he uses to give us peace. But the perfect peace that Jesus promises to keep us in only comes from him himself. The source of perfect peace. Going back to Matthew 14 verse 29. Jesus, as, as loving as he is, as patient as he is, when Peter says, uh, Jesus, if, if, if it's really you, can I, can I go? Jesus says, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat. <laughs> you can picture him. Now, mind you, as we're reading this, keep in mind, Peter is a fisherman by trade. He's experienced in the water. He says, it says, the Bible says, he went over the side of the boat, verse 29, and walked on the water toward Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the strong wind, when he saw the medical report, when he saw the pink slip, if you will, 
an old term for being dismissed, laid off. When he saw all the negative that was happening, when he saw whatever you want to put there, and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. This is an experienced fisherman. This is a man that knows how to swim. Yet, the circumstance around him terrified him, and he began to sink. And a carpenter had to help, help him out. He told Jesus, Jesus, save me, Lord. And Jesus had to save him. See, having our thoughts and our eyes fixed on Jesus is to be unwavering in thought or position that no matter what we hear, no matter what report we hear, no matter what we see with our physical eyes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my position to trust in the Lord for his perfect peace because his perfect peace does not depend on the circumstance. His perfect peace does not depend on how my bank account is doing, how many clients I have. And how uh, uh, um, my, my quarter is going to finish off or start off next year. It doesn't matter. His perfect peace is for us to be fixed on the person of Jesus so that our thoughts are not wavering all over the place. See, Peter started off towards him. We get excited about a promise that Jesus reminds us of. We get excited about the possibility, but then Monday comes, Wednesday comes, life happens, the winds, they blow, the waves, and then we doubt, we get terrified, and we sink. Peter started off towards him, but got thrown off course by his surroundings, by his circumstances. And in verse 31, Jesus tells him this, these words that are heartbreaking. Jesus says, why did you doubt me? Like, Peter, you my boy. What's good, Peter? Why did you doubt me? You know who I am. Or do you? When I think about this term fixed, I'm reminded of the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 12 where he says that we should run this race with perseverance. Throw off all extra weight, all extra baggage, sin that hinders, and it says to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'll close with this story. In the United States of America, there are two ways that a person can be declared dead. Heart stops, cardiac death, or the brain stops functioning, brain death. Clinical terms, I work in hospitals, this is something that I encounter. And one of the things that each state is different, but in the state of New Jersey, two physicians, licensed physicians, have to sign off for brain death. There's certain criteria, there's certain Tests that they have to do, they, they test for reflexes. And one of the first reflexes to go that determines that the person potentially is brain dead is when your pupils are fixed. That means this person is no longer there. The shell is there, the body is there, the ventilator is assisting and keeping the 
organs oxygenated and perfused, but this person no longer is there because his pupils are fixed. So when our thoughts are fixed on Jesus, it's like Paul said, I no longer live, but Jesus lives in me. The life that I live, I no longer live. Jesus is the one that's living through me. In other words, these things don't affect me. People talking about me. Now with social media, there's a lot of unhealthy things going on, bullying and all these things. Those things don't affect us because our eyes are fixed. Our thoughts are fixed. It's like, it's like that, that, that famous, the famous uh, new, new, new Day philosopher. What's his name? John Cena. He goes like this. Can't see me. They don't affect us. Because we are in perfect peace. You're probably saying, oh, that sounds nice and dandy, but you don't know what's waiting for me at home. (laughs) You don't know the issues that I'm going through. You don't know, and you're right, I don't. Just as you don't know what I'm going through. And as I preach before you, I preach humbled, and I preached, I, I preach Asking God to help me walk this walk. I'm, not, I'm, I'm no better than you. I, I'm not closer to God than you are. His grace is sufficient for all of us. I don't, I don't have it like that, as they say. I don't have a hookup. We all have the same access to the same Father. We all have the same access to perfect peace. We all have access, but it is only for those that trust in him and whose thoughts, another version says, minds are steadfast or steady. Those of us that are willing to say, I trust you, Jesus, no matter what, and I'm going to fix my thoughts, my processing, everything that is who I am, I'm going to put it and submit it to you because you are the fountain, the source of the perfect peace that I so desperately need. It's missing, and I need you to fill it. So as I encourage you for this coming week, transition into a new year, believe in Jesus' promise for you. Trust him in all things and for all things. Not on your client base, on your database, not on your relationships. Those are resources. He remains the source. And finally, fix your thoughts, eyes, and heart on only Jesus, who can only give us perfect peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so humbled that you are willing to die for us on a cross. You're willing to put on human uniform, walk on this earth, And die voluntarily for our sins. Not only the sins that we've committed, but the sins that we will commit because we are fallen. Thank you. Thank you for being our substitute. Lord, I pray that as we acknowledge who you are, our Savior, that we would also acknowledge that you are worth trusting. That you are worth us fixing our thoughts solely on you 
so that when the waves rise up and the winds try to bear us down, we see you walking supernaturally over circumstances and that you invite us to walk alongside with you if we would just believe. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Can you please stand and join us as we sing and close together?